now I do. Welcome to um, Thoughts Unboxed, everybody. And thank you to our guests for joining us today. Um, I should say that this is our first time doing um, a recording remotely. So bear with us with the IT and the sounds and how we manage it. Um, but all going well, I'm going to start by getting everybody who's on the call to introduce themselves, if they would please, first. You'd like to go first. I'm going to get Cassie, who's from all the way over in South Africa. <laughs> um, hello, I'm Cassie, and I'm a writer slash storyteller at Unboxed. Um, Do you want to nominate the next person, Cassie, in true Unboxed style of going around the table? <laughs> <laughs> um, I nominate Rosanna. Uh, thanks, Cassie. Uh, hi, everyone. Yeah, I'm I'm a delivery manager at Unboxed. I'm very excited to join this podcast to talk about International Women's Day. I'll pass it over to Laura. Hi, I'm Laura. Um, I joined Unboxed a few months ago as a content designer um, and also very excited because I think I could talk about women's issues and about women for a long long time <laughs> yeah we were having a slight panic that we've only got a little time to record this one we could probably talk for hours but let's have a go anyway so thanks everybody and I'm Vicky I'm the well-being um, and people person at Unbox and I've been with Unbox for about three years now and just to say that um, hopefully uh, halfway through the session we've got Rianne who was a developer with us um, up until a few months ago joining us to catch up on this with us she um, so she left about she left a few months ago to kind of go and pursue her dreams, but she's always part of the Unbox family and she was really keen to join us today um, to talk about this stuff. So we're getting together today, um, particularly because it's International Women's Day 2022. Hooray. And we thought it would be a really good opportunity to just talk about um, what the day means to us as women, um, what perhaps it's like to be women working in the tech industry, our experiences, um, maybe of just being women in the world and our general experiences of balancing all sorts of things. So it's a huge subject, um, but hopefully we're just going to have a bit of free flow of chat about everybody's experiences. But I'll we'll pose the first question to everybody and then um, hopefully we can just sort of kick off a bit of a conversation. But what does um, International Women's Day mean to you guys? Yeah, it's very hard to boil down, I guess, because there's so many things to it, isn't it? I, I, I would say, to me personally, celebration of uh, women from all ages, cultures, backgrounds, um, and different experiences, and also a great platform for raising awareness um, for um, women all the way from historical to this day and age. Don't know if that's right, but that's that's what I think. <laughs> no rights or wrongs, Rosanna. Just what it means to you. Your own interpretation is brilliant. Laura, were you going to? Yeah, well, I think that's a good point. It's something that can mean different things to different people and gives you an opportunity to reflect on what mean, being a woman means to you or um, what it means for other women. Um, for me, it's always been a really important day Yet yeah, this sort of celebratory aspect, but I think as a woman growing up in one of the richest countries of the world um, and in relative privilege, I grew up in a middle class family, I had a safe home, I had loving parents, had a good education, you know, everything that, um, you know, g gave me lots of privilege and opportunities in life. And there's just still so many women 
across the world who don't have that, not just because of where they live, but because simply they are women. And um, that's why I think we need to keep having these days and, and, and the work that comes out of them and the work that's inspired by them. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of echo what both Rosanna and Laura have said about reflecting, just kind of taking stock in the past. Um, and I think also just honouring all the women who came before us and fought very hard for us to have the privileges that we have today. Um, you know, our mothers and their mothers and their mothers' mothers, um, you know, the people who did the, or the women who did the hard, dirty work of marching to parliament and putting laws in place and being ridiculed and kind of standing up for our rights. Um, the reason why we're sitting in this room right now is because of what they did. Um, so I always like to take today to to think about that and then think about what I can do for the next generation of women. Um, and like Laura said, all the women who don't, who still can't access the privileges that we have. Mm. Yeah, really interesting. I was thinking about it today when I um, was reflecting about what I thought about it. And again, I, I find it quite difficult to boil down such a huge subject uh, as eloquently as you've all kind of talked about it. But it did make me think about um, even just in the scope of where we are now at Unbox, for instance, just as an example, like, you know, we've still we still have to work quite hard to, to gain things, don't we? Even though we think we, we've, we've, we've come an awfully long way, but there's still work to do. So even in the last three years, I mean, when I started Unboxed, I think I might get this wrong, but I think there were three women, maybe three or four women. And this is three years ago. It was very much kind of um, male dominated, but when I joined anyway. And um, over the last three years, I sort of looked, I looked yesterday at how many women there are now in Unboxed. And we've got 16 women, which is over half the company, which is in three years feels like a... Um, something to really celebrate when we're particularly thinking yesterday on international and how kind of enriching that experience has been to have women and all that they bring come into the company particularly come into a digital company and how they can often be kind of quite well I don't know when I arrived it was sort of quite introverted and quiet and a little bit cold sometimes and we're lovely people but you know it just feels like you might have to edit some of this out actually <laughs> It actually feels like, you know, it feels more human to have us all on in our experiences. But that was that took work and a conscious effort to to try and change that balance, right? You know, that takes part of the diversity inclusion work to kind of really think about and look at these companies and go, well, where are all the women? And why aren't they in these companies? Um, so it's been really nice to kind of reflect um on on unbox journey in that. It's interesting you say that, um, Vicky, because it's one of the things that is always sort of highlighted about women in tech and um, what kind of, you know, presence they have and the work they do. And, you know, in, if you are to look at things stereotypically in the past, people would always think tech is more a male-dominant area, but that's not true really, is it? I mean... You get loads of female developers and loads of female designers and content designers and uh, product managers and delivery managers. But I think actually the trend has become better to be more ex inclusive. I think there's still more work to be done, but it's quite nice as a tech company that um, there seems to be that awareness and um 
And just from what you've told me, obviously there was quite a lot of work to get to this point, but it does feel like it's quite balanced and it does feel like, from from my experience, I mean, I haven't been unboxed uh, long myself, uh, so I think I joined last July and um, I felt so welcome and supported and, you know, given the confidence to to give my opinion or express what I think. Um, and not just because I just think of myself as a woman, but just in general, just to be treated more equally as a person. Um, so it's really interesting you say that um, because obviously I wasn't here when all that work was being done, but it's nice to come into an environment where it is it is inclusive and supportive. Yeah, I would agree. It's very, I, I mean, uh, to me, uh, I, I joined at that point when Unboxed already had much more balance of women and men and um, that everyone's been very supportive and it's a lovely environment and it just doesn't seem a, you know, there's no issue. But I I worked, came from a background where I worked in the voluntary sector and in charities, which is, I think the workforce is overwhelmingly women or a certainly majority. Um, and so I was kind of used to that, but I still experienced enormous sexism and you know things things that were not good as a young woman in that kind of workplace um even when there was a majority of women just because of the structures that were in place and sort of inherited ways of working and ways of thinking about things and actually in most of the places where we did have a more majority of women the organizations were still run by men in, in the most part, and I'm not saying those were the men that were necessarily responsible for the things that that happened, but um, yeah, I mean, one place in particular, there was just a massively sexist culture that was allowed to proliferate it, pro- proliferate in the office, um, completely unchecked, despite the head of HR being a woman. So I don't know where I was going with that point, but anyway, it's really nice to be uh, unboxed. <laughs> I think the point was. While it's great to see that there are more women here, it's not just a question of saying, you know, let's even out the number of men and women and um, then it's all fine. Obviously, there are entrenched issues and inherited things that come from thousands of years of uh, patriarchal systems. (laughs) We were just saying, actually, before we started recording that when we had a session yesterday that Laura did it was so nice to see Despo sitting with her baby on her lap whilst being able to work and that felt like such an inclusive experience although we were just saying oh, my baby would never have sat on my lap like that so I don't know how, how she's how she's bred them but the experience of being able to kind of um you know you start to think you have to think about all those things you know about how 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 what are the expectations on women in kind of managing their work and managing their home life, whether they've got caring responsibilities um, in any form, you know, how, what the, we all know the, the, the emotional labor that women do is still far outweighing what men do. Um, this is not to put men down in any way. It's just, this is a reality of a, before we go. Um, so kind of what, what, what's everyone's experiences, I suppose, of, of balancing that, because it's hard to do both things, right? It's hard to have, it's hard to have varying responsibilities, whether you're caring for children or family or relatives or friends or whatever that looks like, and and do your job. You know, there's a there's a, a lot of extra burden. 
place on women to, to do both of those things. I mean, I see it with my friends of a particular, we're obviously a particular age now, and they're balancing a huge amount of responsibility whilst, you know, having holding down really good jobs and managing teenagers and elderly parents. And it's, it's a, there's a lot of emotional labour that still goes on. So there's still such an imbalance, I guess, to the amount of work we're doing. Um, yeah, so I think it's one of the one of the things that's sort of highlighted from what you said. Um, I think it's the pandemic has exposed a lot more about this as well, and it's become becoming more accepting because I think before women in the workplace, obviously, there's laws and things that have taken place to make sure people have maternity leave and um, when they're coming back to work. But I don't think people really understood what what the balancing act around that is until it actually turned out that people had to work from home and um, they did have children at home and you start to see part of their life. And, you know, like, like you were saying about Despo with her, her baby on her lap while she's on a call in a meeting it sort of made it makes it real to people that actually there is a lot more going on here than meets the eye so there's many competing um thought processes or emotions or things happening where as well as keep devoting yourself to your work and giving your full attention to that you're also um looking after other human life at the same time. Um, and um, and I think it's, it, I hope it's given people the understanding and more empathy to, to see, okay, actually, it's not easy. <laughs> you're, you're doing a really, you know, you're working really hard, but you're also working really hard in another area of your life as well. Um, so I hope that has sort of, made people realise more. And I actually think as well, um, you know, nothing against, don't want to say the wrong thing against men or anything like that, but also it's given that sense of reality as well where, you know, before, it, it, it depending on what, what it was like, if you both had uh, work in the house, you know, as a mother, you, you give care for all the caring needs, but also the parental um, responsibility of sharing when you're at home in a lockdown situation because both of you have a job to do and you still have children to look after has probably uh, given that sort of like reality again and so maybe men in the workforce you know they started to get a sense of feeling of actually you know I have my child with me while I'm on, on the call at the moment as well because my partner's also on another call too and you know share, sharing and um, kind of giving that reality to it. I, I mean, I, I can only say this from observing because I don't have children, <laughs> um, but I just see it from colleagues and friends and family. What what's happened? But it'd be interesting because obviously, Laura, you have you have lots of little ones. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who I'm at. <laughs> who's absolutely lovely and adorable. Um, yeah, I, I mean, from your experience, what do you think? Well, I think it's a really good point that you make that maybe it has helped people in, you know, employers to kind of understand the reality of that level of caring responsibility, because I'm not going to go into how 
appalling it was for women in particular in lockdown because there's a lot of research being done around that and we could go off on a big tangent but but i think the key point was suddenly overwhelmingly women were working and teaching it's another job and doing all the the housework and the cooking and shopping which all of which became more complicated and more difficult because it was lockdown i mean i i personally was dealing with three children what um, one who was then two or three at that point, and the, you know the others were five, and I don't know they were young. I don't know what age my children are. Anyway, it was it was absolutely horrendous, and I was in a position where my husband was able to stay at home. I mean, I was just on my knees, close to complete breakdown. And fortunately, as a freelancer, I was able. I did try to work at the beginning, some deluded idea that I could do this, but I was able to say okay, I'm going to stop working and try and give this time to my children. But, you know, you will have heard lots of stories of women who weren't able to do that. But I do think it's really, really lovely that now you can have a kid run into the middle of a call and everyone's just like, all right, you know, that's fine. It's great. And while, you know, certainly I would try to avoid that happening, um, it's, it used to be the case, I don't know if you feel this, Vicky, but I, I tried to kind of keep my family out of the workplace. I don't mean physically, but I didn't want to come to work and constantly be talking about my kids and talking about my family and oh, I have to do this because I kind of felt like that I wasn't allowed to do that. I don't. And I, I mean, that's kind of wrong because my family is almost my entire life. I don't do anything else. Um, but and it's it is like another job, not in the sense of it's something that well I don't get paid for it, but you know it takes up that much time, takes up that much kind of emotional load. Um, I do two hours of that before I start work, and then another whatever many hours it is until they go to sleep. Um, so yeah, I think it's really that point that you made about it within the workplace. And I mean, I obviously can't speak for every workplace, but certainly within Unboxed, I know no one would really bat an eyelid if one of the kids came running in and decided to start chatting to you, um, which is great. And and the same for my husband and his work. You know, he he experiences the same thing all the time. I think all his colleagues know our daughter by by name now. Um, but yes, I think just be, feeling like. It's okay to say, yeah, actually, that is a big part of my life. And it's just, you know, it's obviously, it's more important than my work. No matter how my important my work is, that's more important. <laughs> yeah, I think, it's, I think that's really interesting. I think, you know, we um, we have different, so many different aspects to ourselves, right, to, our, to who we are and the, the people we are at work, the roles we play at home. And I think, and I, I get the sense that probably, as you write, as you say, Rosanna, and through experiences like of, of lockdown, oh, Rianne has joined us. And Catherine. Hello, late happy Hello. International Women's Day. Very welcome. I did introduce you at the beginning of the roundup, Rianne, so, so everyone knows that you're popping in to join us. Um, so we were just, Rianne, just talking um, about how um, Rosanna made a really interesting point about how COVID and the lockdown period um, kind of, in a way, made it made it easier for everybody to see what women deal with all the time, because their work 
environment wasn't isn't separated from the home environment so we were just saying you know sort of maybe in other workplaces and maybe just in the maybe this is a bit more of a thing of the past but there was definitely a sense of having to separate yourself out so you you left your family life at home to go to work because you wouldn't want to talk to people about how many times your kid had been sick that morning or whether you'd managed to force some cocoa pops down them or whether you should have forced cocoa pops down them whether they should have had some porridge or or whatever thing that you do for the three hours before you get to work all became kind of exposed and again also there'll be there will be men working at home as well and um, dealing with children and I think that whole it became much more visible visible to people that workload which was really kind of quite interesting and then maybe hopefully out of that comes a little bit more compassion and empathy for what for what those workloads are and for being a little bit more inclusive of people's whole lives so they bring their whole selves or their authentic selves, let's say, to work, where you don't feel like you've got to be different people in different environments, because that's exhausting. And I often think women have always felt that they can't talk about certain aspects of their life because they've got to perform, they've got to be able to seem to be in control and do this job. And uh, excuse my dog barking in the background. So, yeah, we were just talking about how the pandemic kind of exposed that a little bit more and maybe shifted things for people's kind of understandings of of women's lives in particular. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I remember from when I was at Unboxed, people always used to talk about bringing your whole self to work. But it was interesting to see it in practice and... um, I think it's up to us as well as the people running our workplaces to think about who we are at work and so on. And maybe the pandemic, as you say, made us feel more comfortable about showing other aspects of our lives to our colleagues because everyone was in the same boat suddenly. Cassie, welcome back. When we um, lost you, I think we were talking a little bit about what your experiences are, um, as we were talking about the difference between being in the UK and the experiences here, and what maybe some of your experiences are have been um, over in South Africa. Sure. Um, yeah, I think yeah, it's a very different context. I think with um, very different, maybe problems that are quite similar but perhaps exacerbated in many ways because we are such a new democracy um, and very underdeveloped in terms of uh, sort of economic resources um, and also we have quite a quite a heavy history um, I mean 30 years ago we were in a civil war um, and there's a whole lot of I mean we consist of nine no, 11 different cultures um, and cultures that are quite patriarchal, um, which adds an extra complexity. So um, <laughs> being a woman in South Africa is, is quite a thing, and um, we have very, uh, how can I say, like very hectic uh, social issues, particularly related to, um, that affect women very deeply, and one of them is gender-based violence, Um which is, I think we're like the number one country in the world for violence, you know, violence against women. And yeah, I went like deep dive too, too much into like the kind of, but yeah, so it's quite, it's quite, um, 
it's quite an interesting place for a woman and and I think in places that are I guess struggling to articulate this but like you know in the space we see um women face troubles and struggles that you know that might not happen anywhere else in the world but a lot of that also kind of breeds a, a sense of courage and a kind of bravery that you also don't see in other places in the world um so yeah so it's yeah it's quite a complex thing but yeah both difficult but but also like some incredible stories coming out of, of women really changing the way things are done um particularly within like um black queer communities kind of talking very honestly and openly and, and making big changes. So, yeah, it's at once quite terrifying to be a woman in South Africa, but also the thing that I'm most proud of. Um, yeah, best way I can summarise it. <laughs> My um, dog is barking in the background. I can't stop her. Hopefully this can be edited out. The boy isn't working at home, right? <laughs> she wants to be part of the conversation. She does. She's going to let me up. But I'd have to go upstairs, which I mean, I can't do. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the first part of the International Women's Day podcast. Part two will be coming out shortly. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe.